And we're going to have uh, two readings. One is a well-known reading in in Luke's Gospel, in Luke chapter 2. And then we're going to read one verse uh, that speaks to us of the significance of Jesus' coming. So we're going to read in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. Please turn to it. This is the account of the birth of the Lord Jesus. And let's hear God's word together. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths. And lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And then a second reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, which speaks to us of the significance of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Well, I was reading an article just yesterday uh, in The Economist that was analyzing gift-giving at Christmas from an economist perspective. And the author was pointing out that giving gifts at Christmas is not a very efficient way of doing things. 
They said, well, it's a, it's a costly thing to give gifts. The average adult spends £550 on all their Christmas gifts each year. And then they pointed out that it's not a very efficient thing because some of the Christmas gifts we'll receive won't be wanted or needed. The big point they were making was that it's not a very efficient way for shops to run because people spend so much money in the last few months of the year. Shops need to build up the extra stock. They have to take on lots of temporary staff. And so much of the business there is focused just on a few months of trading. Now, as you might expect from The Economist, they suggested that what you should do instead is that families should all celebrate Christmas on randomly allocated days through the year. And so what that would do was it would give people opportunity to think carefully about gifts, because they had the time for that, but also it would even out the spending through the year so that businesses could operate in a much more efficient way. Now, that's typical for the economist, but it misses a point, doesn't it? Because Christmas is not about efficiency. Because today is the day for giving gifts, because today we remember God gave us the most special of gifts that he could give, the greatest gift. And to help us to think a bit about the significance of the gift that God gave us today, I want us just to meditate on those verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, that single verse which said, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty, might become rich. That verse reminds us what is so special about today, because today we remember that our Lord Jesus, the one who was rich, became poor, so that we might become rich. And I just want to help us think about that verse uh, by thinking about two things. And the first is to think about how Christ became poor for us. Now, boys and girls, to help us to think a bit about that, um, as I like to do today, I've hidden some gifts around the room. Now, they're not wrapped up, uh, but they are hidden around, and they are white printed models. Now, they're all in the main room here. They're not out the back. They're not in the entrance area, for those who are out there. Um, and they're not down the corridors, and they're not in the AV desk, okay? Uh, <laughs> But there are six of them, okay? And so in a fairly orderly way, as best we can, I wonder if you can help us to find six models, white models that are hidden around. If you find one, you can bring it to the front. Okay, off you go. Okay, well done, Phoebe. That's good. You stay there. You get to come to the front if you find a gift. Wow. Okay, my boys did well. They've finally got... Okay, got two there. Yeah, Luke's got one. Well done. You've got one. Good spot. You've got one. Okay. Okay. Oh, right. One family's got two. Good work. We've got five so far. Who's got the... Yeah, we've got... Very good. And there's one more there. Are you coming up? Okay, you come stand there. Okay, we found the gifts, so you've got to have a gift to be at the front. If you haven't got a gift, you can't stand at the front. 
Oh, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But I'm got... Okay, have you got one? You're helping your brother. Hang on, let's check. You got one there. Can you stand over here? That's what you stand over there. That's really good. Okay, yeah. And that's fine. You're there. That's fine. You're there. Okay, I think we've got them all. Have we got them all? Yeah? One, two, three, four, five. We're missing a gift. It's not that one. No, hang on. Uh, hang on. One, two, three. Have I got seven, have I? Okay, yeah. No, I've got six. Good, okay, we're fine. That's all right. Thanks for your help. Okay, thanks. Good to have you up here. It's great. Anytime you want to help me, that's great. Okay, so we're going to think about how Christ became poor. And just before we start working through these gifts, um, let's not forget where Jesus began. It said in the verse that though he was rich, and that reminds us that the Lord Jesus wasn't rich financially. He was rich in terms of his position before he came because he gave up the glory of heaven to come to this world. In our reading in Luke chapter 2, we heard about the angels announcing Jesus' birth. And that was just a small window, a taste of what he left because he lived in heaven, a place where there was no sin or suffering, where he knew the worship of angels all the time, and yet he became poor. And to help us think about, we've got these gifts. So, who has got a donkey? Right, young men, you come down over here. Yeah. That is a donkey. Yes, it is. Okay, yeah. Very good. Well done, Luke and Matthew together. You're a team. Okay, you come to the front, that's good. Okay, now this is donkey. Now, why do you think we have a donkey? You hold it up. Hold it up. We have a donkey. Because of this. Now, on many Christmas cards, we will see Joseph with Mary traveling to Bethlehem on a donkey. But here's a question for the adults. You ready? Is there a donkey in the Bible story? He thinks, what do you think? No, correct answer, there isn't. We don't read that Mary is on a donkey, okay? But what we do know. Uh, is that probably she probably most likely wasn't. And the reason for that was they were very poor. So Mary and Joseph travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem, and they have to travel about 70 miles. But to have had a donkey, they would have had to have some, a good amount of money. But they didn't have that money. And that reminds us about Jesus' poverty, that he was born into a poor home. Because actually, they probably couldn't have afforded a donkey. So Jesus was poor because he was born into a poor home. Okay, who has got a cow? Very good. Well done, okay. You can stay there, that's fine. You've got a cow, that's good. Okay, now, is there a cow listed in the Bible story? Any of the adults? No, there isn't, yeah? So why have I got a cow here? Well, we've got a cow because when Jesus was born, what was he placed into? A manger, well done. And a manger is a feeding trough for animals. So whilst we don't know whether there was a cow there, it was likely there were some animals around. Now, why was he born and placed in a a feeding trough, a manger? Well, it's because there was no guest room for him. So when they came to to Bethlehem, Mary and Joseph couldn't find somewhere to stay, and so he was born, as far as we know, in the open. He didn't have a very luxurious birth. He was born in a simple way. He had a simple birth. So the 
donkey reminds us that he had a poor home. The cow reminds us that he had a simple birth. He wasn't born into a palace. He was born and placed in a manger. Now, who has got the two doves? Okay, you guys are next. So if, you sc- if you shuffle down. Okay, now there you go. That's fine. You stay there. That's good. Just there you go. Two doves. Now, why have we got two doves? Who thinks I know we've got two doves? Simeon? The doves are a sign of peace, but that's not why we've got two doves. Do you think you know? Go on. I think it might be because in the 12 days of Christmas, there's two turtle doves. That's a good answer, that in the 12 days of Christmas, there are two turtle doves, but it's not the answer I was looking for. Any of the adults want to have a go? Lois? Oh, when they, yeah, when they, not on that occasion, but 40 days after his birth, they gave an offering at the temple. You're right about the temple, and they gave two turtle, they gave two doves. Now, <laughs> I knew this would go wrong. They gave them two doves. Now, why were there two doves? Well, when you had a baby, you took a sacrifice to the temple to say thank you to God for the baby and for the safe birth, okay? And if you had lots of money, you would offer a lamb. But if you didn't have very much money, you would offer two turtle doves. Sorry, two doves. Thank you, yeah. (laughs) Two doves. They might have been turtle doves, but they were doves, yeah. Um, And that reminds us something more about Jesus' poverty, doesn't it? He was born into a poor home. He was born in a simple way. And his family didn't have very much money. That was something about his poverty. Okay, so that's his life growing up. But now we need this one here. Now, you squeeze around that way. What is that? You don't know, okay? Anyone want to help her? It's not a dog. It's a fox. Very good, yeah. This is a fox. Now, why do you think we have a fox? Any of the adults want to help? This is about Jesus' life. What did Jesus say about his life? Yeah, so we've learned about his childhood. Thank you very much. Well, what about his life? Well, in his life, for those three years that he went around teaching the message that he had been sent to bring about how to be right with God through faith in what he was going to do on the cross, he didn't have anywhere to be his home. He had nowhere to lay his head. Foxes have dens, but Jesus didn't have a home for those three years. Now, we know, don't we, and especially we know today, how precious it is to have a home. We have somewhere to be at rest. We have somewhere to lay our heads. But the Lord Jesus had three years going around, sharing about the good news that he had come to bring, but he didn't have a home. That's something of his poverty. Okay, and we've got one last thing. Now, what is it? It's a sheep. But a young sheep is called a a lamb. Yeah. Now, why have we got a lamb? Well, This is the most important way in which the Lord Jesus became poor. Because when the Lord Jesus uh, lived and became an adult, then he went to the cross and he died. And uh, he died as a lamb. When John the Baptist, one of Jesus' relatives, saw Jesus, he said these words, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So he came to die. He came to give us, give himself for us like a lamb who would take our place. There is a sacrifice 
Jesus came to pay for our sins. So in all those ways, Jesus became poor. But why did he do it? Now, boys and girls, you can go and sit down. Thank you for your help. Thank you very much. You can give him a little clap. Now, we're just going to think for a few minutes about why he did it. Well, if you've heard of a man called Will Shue, you will know that he is the billionaire owner of Deliveroo. And every two weeks, Will Shue goes and does a shift as a delivery driver for his company. So he comes down from being the chief executive to understand what normal life is like. And he does that so that he can see what it's like to deliver and receive food, which is the core of his company's business. But he does it to make his company better. He does it for a selfish reason. But the Lord Jesus came down from heaven for a much better reason. He came to make us rich, so that everyone who believes in him can be rich. And we're going to think of four ways in which we become rich because of Jesus. We become rich because he pays our debts. Now, over the last few weeks, we've probably got used to the beep of a checkout machine as gifts and food and other things associated with Christmas go through the checkout. And every time you scan something in that checkout machine, you hear a beep to register the sale. And every one of those beeps means that a balance is going on your credit card over Christmas. And we don't think about it in the rush to get the presents and the food, and we certainly don't want to think about it today. But when January comes, and when the post is finally delivered, we open up our bills, and what do we find? We find out just how many beeps there were at Christmas. Well, in a way a bit like that, the Bible tells us that we are called to love God and love others. And every time we fail to love God and we fail to love others, it's a bit like a beep at the checkouts. A record is being kept to the wrong that we have done. And it's a bit like a credit card bill growing through the beeps. And one day, the Bible tells us we will give an account to God for all that we have done. But the great news is this, that the Lord Jesus Christ came into our world to pay our debts. He came to clear the bill so that when he died, he was the lamb for us. He was the sacrifice in our place. He took our debts. It was nailed to his cross. And so we are rich if we believe in him because our debts have been paid. But then secondly, he doesn't just pay our debts. That means that he gives us peace with God. A clear conscience is a wonderful thing, and Christ came to give us a clear conscience so that we can put our heads on our pillows and know that we are right with God because the Lord Jesus has paid that debt. We are rich because we have peace with God because our debts have been paid. But then thirdly, not only are we rich because our debts have been paid and we have peace with God, Jesus brings the presence of God Jesus' name, Emmanuel, means God with us. And when Jesus came down to our world, God was drawing near to us. But Jesus didn't live here forever, and he is risen and in heaven now. But for those who trust him, they know God living within them. 
Because by his spirit, God lives in every Christian. The God who became man to live among us is the same God who by faith lives in every Christian by the spirit. Christ came to bring the presence of God. But then fourthly and finally, Christ came to secure paradise for us. That's the last way in which we are rich. Because Jesus paid for our sins, we have peace with God now if we're trusting in him. And because Jesus paid for our sins and cleared our debts, we are given the gift of eternal life in heaven. As a carol once in David's city, in Royal David City reminds us, not in that poor lowly stable with the oxen standing by, we shall see him, but in heaven, set at God's right hand on high. And friends, of all the gifts that we could receive, the gift of paradise, eternal life with God, is the best gift you can be given. You know, Christmas gifts can break, and some probably will today. Christmas gifts can be taken away from us. I hope that won't happen today. Christmas gifts, well, we can get tired of them, can't we? Because eventually they're going to lose some of their sparkle. But the gift of eternal life, the gift of peace with God, the gift of your sins forgiven, never wears out, can't be taken away, and you never grow tired of it. It's a great gift. And it's given to any and all who will believe. So I hope you have got and will receive some great gifts today. And I really hope you enjoy them. Please do. But as you do, don't forget that for every Christian, because Christ became poor, we are rich. So thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Amen.